Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God take your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Way in Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Sorry we started a little bit late, had some technical difficulties. Luckily, I figured out Block Talk Radio by now to fix this stuff instead of having to cancel the show. But we had to get on for at least a few minutes tonight to discuss the conference championship games and all the coaching changes that's going on, all these rumors. A lot going on. The biggest news of the week so far is Georgia fired. Did we talk about that, Jonathan? Did we talk about Mark Rick getting fired Sunday night, or was that Monday? Uh, this week's been crazy. Was it Monday he got fired? Uh, no, he got he got fired. I think like Sunday afternoon. I remember us talking about it because um, you and I bounced uh, a, a candidate off the wall, but I am a Kirby Smart that could possibly get the job, and lo and behold, you know <laughs> we're, we're right about something every once in a while. We were told we were crazy, didn't we? Well, I mean, I, th- yeah, I thought I think, we were told we were. I thought Sonya, I think Sonya called us a little nuts for it. Yeah, like, but it's so Kirby Smart's going to Georgia. It's not a a rumor. It's not a myth. It's happening. Will he take Will Muschamp with him? Will Will Muschamp be the South Carolina coach? Will Will Muschamp go back to Alabama? You know what? I'm disappointed a little bit. I was hoping he would work out, but. Not very surprised that Will Muschamp is going to jump ship. There's something not right with him and Malzahn, I guess, the chemistry. I don't know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm not mad at Muschamp, but if he takes a lateral move, John, to Georgia, if I'm a recruit, I'm not going to trust him wherever he goes. Because, I mean, it's different when you you leave Auburn to go to be a head coach. But if you go to Georgia to follow your little fraternity brother, Kirby Smart, it's going to send the wrong message to recruits. Yeah, it would be a little weird. I mean, I would understand it for uh, you know, much champ was being off at the head coaching job at his alma mater. But going back to the defensive coordinator, you're right. It's a, lot, it's a lateral move to, I mean, let's face it, one of your heated rivals. So it, it would it would definitely come off a little strange uh, if he was to switch to Bama. That would just be downright. You know, I mean, I think that's a sin. I, you know, that's like. Do not go to jail. Just go straight to hell. Kind of a move. Um, so I mean, I I think it'd be best for Muschamp to save a little face. It'd be best if he got the head coaching job at South Carolina, which, from what I heard, he is the front runner, and there's nothing, you know, right now to change that. Uh, he I guess he's already reaching out to a potential offensive coordinator candidate. Um, but I mean. <laughs> This, this whole thing's just odd how things flamed out with him at Florida. He spent a year as a defensive coordinator at Auburn, and now he's going to get another head coaching job in the SEC. But that, something about that just doesn't smell right to me. Yeah, and, and you know, I look at Malzahn's struggles on offense, and if you notice one thing about Auburn, they, they're a no-huddle kind of team. They get you go. But this year they substituted about every play, and I think it was to preserve what left of the defense we had. We're now building depth and everything, and I think – Muschamp and Malzahn butted heads a little bit on philosophies, and I think they Malzahn worked as good as he could, you know, and tried to 
do everything he could. But at the end of the day, I think both of them are a little uncomfortable. If you look at both of them this year, if you listen to them talk, I just think Will Muschamp's out of his element being an assistant coach right now. And I think Gus Malzahn's a little out of, you know, out of his character and out of his element having to slow things down. Does that make sense? Maybe it's just an uncomfortable situation for both of them. And the head man's going to stay, right? I mean, well, it makes sense to me that there would be a little bit of tension there because, you know, just a, you know, a year ago, Muschamp and Malzahn were battling for recruits and having to prepare against each other. And now, you know, they're, they're on the same staff. So I, I can see where it definitely I would understand that there would be tension there. And, and it can't be easy for Muschamp once he had the head coaching job to take that step back. That definitely had to be a tough yeah. uh, readjustment for him. I mean, looking at it, well, uh, I, I, if I was Auburn, I'd go after Jeremy Pruitt. But we heard there was a little bit of friction going on at Georgia with Pruitt. I mean, we're, if Muschamp leaves, where would Auburn go for a defensive coordinator? You would, well, that's you why would I have Quinn Thomas on the line right now. Yeah. You'd Quinn, welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. That's exactly what you do. That's a, because, what he just because said, he's a, Because he's a good coach. He's a he's a recruiter. He'll keep the recruiting class most mostly together. And he said before the season, and I have it on my Facebook wall, it was quoted that he wants to stay at Auburn and he wants to be a defensive coordinator. He said if Muschamp was to take a head coaching job he want he wants to become the defensive coordinator, or he'll go with Muschamp and be his defensive coordinator. Is what he said before the season started. He said Auburn will always take first priority because that's where he went to college and that's a special place in his heart. If Malzahn has any common sense, he'll promote T. Rob to defensive coordinator. And so, so Quinn, if Kirby, if Muschamp's the head coach of South Carolina and Auburn offers T-Rob the defensive coordinator, does he jump ship and go to South Carolina, or does he stay at Auburn? Because there's a recruit there. There's a lot of recruits that T-Rob and Will Muschamp made promises to that are freshmen there at Auburn. So one of them's got to stay. No, he said he – no, it sounded like what T-Rob said in the quotes. You can find it on my wall, Tarvin. I I just posted it probably like an hour ago. But uh, he said that – he said that like if Auburn didn't offer him the job, then okay. he would jump ship. But his plan was is if Muschamp went to go somewhere and Gus said, "Well, I'll give you the defensive coordinator job," okay. then uh, T. Rob right. would be staying. Well, if you're smart, if you're Gus Malzahn, you 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 put you find the receivers coach. You put Damian Craig. Folding towels or doing something and keep him recruiting, but shit, he can't rec- he can't coach uh, wide receivers, Jonathan. I don't know what it is about these. Do you get these position coaches in here and you just because they can recruit you put him a quarterback? Why is he a receivers coach? You know, what I mean, put him over there folding towels or or talking to the quarterback, waving a towel like Trooper Taylor used to do. Just just keep him away from my receivers. Hey, we'll take him back at Florida State and have him work with uh, have him be Jimbo's assistant and Randy's assistant with the quarterbacks. I got no problem with that. I mean, hey, you know, you're right. I, it was fishy with why Craig was the receivers coach 
considering that's not a position he really played. I mean, what's he going to do? Say, when I was a quarterback, one of my receivers did this, so you should do this? I mean, come on. You know, so, but he is a good recruiter. You're right. And maybe folding towels would be an adequate job for him. Um, you yeah, know, so, I mean, it, it's just, the, the whole, the, this lunch thing is really going to set, so it's really going to start spinning some wheels in the SEC, and it's going to lead to, so, you know, some real friction between a couple of different schools. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, you know what? I mean, I'm not going to be mad at Muschamp. I mean, he's he's his life. He he lives his life. He goes to work every day and makes it. He's a, that's up to him. I'm not going to hate Muschamp because he left Auburn in a bind or whatever. He's got to look out for him, you know. And if he if he's not comfortable with Auburn right now, then I understand. I mean, I'm not going to be mad and want to go kill him and, and do all this, you know, but I mean, yeah, but when we play you, we're going to skull drag you just to show you made a bad mistake. But, I mean, these fans are getting out of control. Would it surprise you if Nick Saban, all this moving around, Kirby Smart leaving, Scott Cothran, he's going to go to Georgia and inject players with steroids now instead of Alabama. Do you think all these players are getting ready to, or all these coaches are moving because Saban's going to Indianapolis? No, I don't. I, I don't think Saban's going anywhere right now. I think for Kirby Smart, it was just the right opportunity for him to for him to uh, get get a first, you know get his feet wet, get his first gig. Um, with that's him a big along, gig for a first gig. That's a huge gig. I mean, Georgia, while it might not be, you know, a top five it's program a big to gig. go to, it's a top. It's I mean, a it is a top gig. fifteen gig, no doubt about it. And for that to be your first time, your first jump into the pool, I, that, that's a big jump. So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how much the staff he's able to bring over from Bama. Um, I think he, I think Saban's going to fight him a little bit on that. Uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting how many recruits Georgia loses and goes to and goes. Other way, other ways, especially possibly Miami. How many rich it can get to get, come yeah. to Miami? I'm gonna tell you this: Scott Cawthorn leaving Alabama, the strength and conditioning coach, to go to Georgia. I mean, you watch Georgia now; their players are going to go from like 195 to 380 in a year with all the juice I'll be pumping down these guys <laughs> and uh, pumping in these guys. You watch and see, guy. I'm telling you, you watch and see the difference. Scott Cawthorn. He sits over there for four quarters. He's on cocaine or methamphetamines or steroids or something, and he's he, he's rocking it over there at Alabama. And I've said it for years, and I'm telling you, they inject they, ninety percent of Bama's players take steroids. I'm telling you, I've Are seen you them in being person. Serious? No, Charvin. I'm serious. I, I'm I'm dead serious, man. You getting steroids before the LSU championship game? You got caught on film in a hotel room. Nothing happened. I mean, there's a difference between Alabama players and other players. That's all I'm saying, Johnson. I mean, is that a is that an exaggeration? I mean, every running back they have looks like maybe he's been carved out of a comic. I mean, a, a stone. He's just like a rock. And then when they get to the NFL, they fall apart because they really test a lot in the NFL for steroid usage. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think there is some legitimacy to your claim uh, because you're, it's weird. You know, when you watch Alabama play, their linemen are the same weight as, as, as you know, my linemen, but their linemen look about 15 times bigger. Their running backs all of a sudden are massive, just 240 <laughs> pounds running four fours, 
Those two days, well, I can't get my 195-pound guy to run a 4 or 5. What do you have? To, I mean, you can't tell me that every kid that goes to Alabama is just that physically gifted. There's no way possible they are all that fit. Now, I'm not throwing shade and saying Bama's juicing. That's, uh, you know, what I'm going to tell you is it happens at a lot of the big-time programs. Sorry to burst your bubble, but it does. Just say that Alabama gets better results with it. At the end well, of the it day. happens at Auburn too. It happens at Auburn too. Just not as rampant. I mean, you, I mean, if you if you're on the field and you hear the sound of horses, you know, I mean, that's what it sounds like. It's like, Ooh. I don't know how you make a horse sound, but man, these guys are dang. Mark Mark Ingram came into college. He's a buck sixty. He left about two fifty, running four fours, running people over, winning the Heisman. <laughs> now he, I mean, it's it's just. Scott Cochran is one of the best coaches. Like you, this is a big loss for Bama. He, I mean, I'm just telling you, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, guys. Bear with me a little bit. Have some fun with me. But I mean, he's he's a valuable coach, and I, I don't think he leaves Alabama because you know Saban's going to give him more money. One thing Georgia can't do is pay their coaches a lot of money. The other ones, Mark Rick was paying them out of their pocket. Nick Saban can get anything he wants. If he wants any coach, I wouldn't be surprised if Muchamp ends up being Nick Saban's defensive coordinator. I mean, it's See, it that, wouldn't surprise now me. Now that at all. would piss me off. Now that would piss me off. Like yeah, I said, Adam Jones goes straight to hell. Yeah, you go to Georgia, yeah. You go to Bama and do that, then yeah, I'm, I have no respect for you. I will probably hunt you down in that shitty <laughs> town you live in and. And, and see how, how how mad you get with me. Come up and hit him across the back of the head or something. See if how he how he reacts. But you know, Mark Rick to Miami is the biggest news right now. I mean, like, look at this guy. You know, you make a mistake when you fire your head coach, and 16 minutes later he's a head coach at Miami. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know you could have screwed up. I mean, he, Mark Rick, it was probably time for a change. But firing him and getting a coach like. Kirby Smart, and I'm still one of those guys that thinks Herman was probably could have been the best fit, Jonathan, for Georgia right now. I think he's got a little experience yeah. now head coaching. He won a national championship at Ohio State. His offenses are good. His teams are good. I, I look at him better than I do Kirby Smart. Yeah, I'll oh, say no. this. What do, what does Kirby know about running an offense besides the defensive part of it? He doesn't have well, to. he knows to go up to the offensive coordinator and cuss him out the whole game and yell at him. That's why he knows that. Uh, that, 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 that right there, that's, that's exactly it. How, Kirby, how, how is your offensive performance this week? Hold on, let me get Lane Kevin in here. Lane, you idiot, what are we doing this week? Here's what Saban says. Saban says, you know what, guys, let me tell you that you run, I mean, you know, you call 45. I've never seen – it was just like, if you throw the ball again, Lane, I will personally cut your throat what he told me. You run, Henry. Let's do the A-gap, and you just keep running it over and over and over and over and over. And that's what he told him, seriously. I mean, you could tell this wasn't Lane Kiffin's idea to run those plays. That was Nick Saban sitting over there saying, if you want a paramedic to take you off this field, you call another rollout or or something, you you turn the ball over, do something to cost me this game. And, and I'll this, say this. interesting to see. I'll say this. Georgia is in trouble if Eason, if Jacob Eason goes elsewhere. They won't have a quarterback for another year. 
Yeah, at least with Muscat. So what will they do? We, we, run, run the yeah, guy, exactly. run whoever's running back to death? Like what they did with Henry mm-hmm. on Saturday? Run the running back well, to the game? All you Auburn fans out there ready to cut your throat or wrist, whatever. Look, we we played in the national championship in 2010. We didn't have a great defense. We didn't have much champ. We played in the national championship in 2013 and lost to Jonathan's Water State Seminoles in a great, probably one of the best national championship games, one of the top five of all time, maybe. Um, they made it. Will Muschamp was nowhere to be found. So, Jonathan, am I, is it fair to say not to panic just because Will Muschamp's leaving? Well, let's see. The one year must chance in is you know in Auburn. Auburn goes six and six. <laughs> I'm um, upset right now. Yeah, yeah. Don't panic. Don't. I mean, don't. Don't panic. I mean, go, pray, yeah. pray he leaves. I mean, come on. You know, you know, you know yeah. who I'm gonna get, Jonathan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find the defensive coordinator that was on the water boy that. That, that was coaching. You couldn't understand a word he said. That's who I'm getting to coach my defense. If I'm out of luck. You Brand. know what? He had a pretty good defensive strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get the water boy and just tackle everything that moves. That's, that's what you strategy. do. But, guys, it's, but let's, I mean, coaching is uh, Lane Kiffin. Nobody's talking about him, but he'll be leaving Alabama too, though. Take a head coaching job, probably somewhere a coordinator. He will not be at Tuscaloosa next year. You can bank on that one, guys. This is a guarantee. Kirby or uh, Lane Kiffin is not going to be the offensive coordinator. You want to bet on that? I don't want to bet against that because here's the strange scenario I'm seeing right now. And just trying to follow me. Will Muschamp gets the head coaching job at South Carolina. He hires Lane Kiffin to be his offensive coordinator. Who loses there? Well, I mean, Will's already said I'm stepping away from the offense. So here, Lane, here, you know, here's the offense. I'm going to look the other way. Just don't kill me. And <laughs> here we go. Uh, yeah, that's the best way. Because what's what's Lane going to do? Go coach Tulane. He's going to take the <laughs> head coaching job at Syracuse. Because he ain't getting a head coaching yeah. gig this year. So this is best to go latch on to a team. You, you, made, you, made, you made more money. You made more money being a coordinator in the SEC than you do at these crap schools like that. Just stay as a coordinator. Kirby Smart was smart to do what he did. He waited and waited and waited and waited. Jonathan, He's making a million. That's actually. Go ahead, a, Quinn. That's actually a. That's actually a smart idea that you thought there, because that could happen. Because I think Lane is tired of getting yelled at all the time on the sideline by Saban. <laughs> I, I mean, Saban's how many times big. does Saban have to pull a gun on you before you decide to leave? <laughs> I think I I think you might be tired of of always having to ask Saban what Look, and what he can't Saban do. Saban hates him. Saban hates Lane Kiffin because he screwed his business partner's granddaughter. I mean, it's just the bottom line is Saban, or his daughter, one of them, but Saban, I mean, look, the only reason he's there is because the boosters wanted him to stay. And, I mean, you don't fire an offensive coordinator two games into the season. I mean, you just do what you got to do. This is coming to a head, and he's just tormenting the guy and making him suffer, I mean, until until this end of the year. Saban's smart enough not to even talk about this until it's over with. 
after they beat Florida Vives out, they they lose in the first round of the playoffs. They're, then that's when it's all going to come unraveled. Kenton's going to be gone to Central Florida or Syracuse or something, or he's going to. But here's the deal. I want to throw this out before we preview the games real quick. Look, Auburn is at the worst bowl game they've ever been at with Will Muschamp here. The Birmingham Bowl. I mean, seriously, the <laughs> Birmingham Bowl. I didn't, I didn't even know Legion Field was still standing. And, and Auburn finally made a made a made a bowl game, Jonathan, to the Birmingham Bowl. Is that not exciting or what? I mean, God, I would turn it down. Seriously, I would. <laughs> well, I mean, Florida had a good showing there last year. They're I mean that that was the emptiness. The running back go, got so excited to score, he actually uh, streaked his own pants. So I mean, why not? You know, that that could be a, a rolling game for you guys. You could actually let somebody grab their pants on the field. I mean, come problem on. Problem is, problem is, they're going to put us against Memphis, or and then and Memphis will probably beat their brains out, and then, or they'll put us against. Tommy Tuberville in Cincinnati, that'll be awkward. They asked Tommy Tuberville about, well, what, what, what do you feel about playing Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl? He said it's a nightmare. And, I mean, his son plays for Auburn. And, I mean, he, he just doesn't want to go there, you know. He just doesn't want to to go there. Tuberville's an Auburn man. He always will be. And he doesn't want to play. I hate bowl games like this. Eliminate, like I said the other night, and I'm right, if you do not finish – over 500 in your conference. I don't care if it's the strongest conference or why. Blah blah blah. You got to finish over over 500 in your conference, then have a winning record, or you don't make a bowl. That would get rid of a lot of this crap. And the bowl games would actually be good, Jonathan. I mean, you think about the criteria I just set. Think about there's only a certain amount of teams that can meet that criteria, right? I mean, I like that. I mean, I think that would be yeah. some very competitive bowl games. Oh, yeah, because you're talking about maybe the top 40, 50 teams, uh, you know, who would be playing. And that, that definitely would be a lot more uh, exciting to see, especially when we're talking about five and seven Nebraska is going to a bowl game. Five and seven Are they really? Are they really? Yes, they accepted a bowl bid. Five and seven Nebraska is going – Missouri turned, turned it down. Nebraska didn't. Nebraska is going to a bowl game at five and seven, <laughs> and there'll be Big Ten fans talking crap about well, we got this many bowl teams in. Well, yeah, you did, but all of them were five and seven. So good, good job. <laughs> Auburn should have really turned down the Birmingham Bowl. Seriously, I mean, yeah, think about it. Auburn beat, Auburn, Auburn beat A and M in Kentucky. That's it. I, would have gotten invited to like the Belk Bowl or something, but seriously, Birmingham, you have to stay in your home state. Yeah, that's not even the thing is, I'll be, And here's the deal: I got some advice for you, Auburn fans. If you go to that game, make sure you you go to the junkyard and buy a car and drive <laughs> to the game because it will be stripped right there. And while you're at the game. Watching it, there's going to be a crew out there taking your wheels off your car. <laughs> They're going to be stealing your car. They're going to be mugging you. And I'm, I'm telling you, I went to Legion Field one night. I'm not afraid of anything. Hell, I was afraid to walk back to the car. I mean, I was like people with machine guns and machetes out there waiting <laughs> on you with gold teeth. I don't. I mean, I was, I was like, oh my god, I'm about to die out here. I went to watch UAB in uh, Memphis. 
playing a game. That's what I was. That's where I went to Legion Field to watch. <laughs> but I mean, why? I, it, because it was a Friday night game, and I lived in Birmingham. And UAB. That was when they had uh, Roddy White. They were real good oh, okay. that year, and they had that big quarterback. I can't remember his name, Pinkney, or I can't remember what his what his name was. But anyway, Birmingham Bowl, Auburn. Look, save face. Turn in the pads. Go back, watch some film. Hit the weight room, and come back next year. Six and six Birmingham Bowl after playing for two national championships in the last five years. Come on, just give it up. Alabama would Saban would have told the Birmingham Bowl to shove it if he went six and six. I mean. Missouri kudos. If, no, if, he went, if he went six and six, Bama fans wouldn't even care. They would fire him on the spot. <laughs> Bama fans would go into full meltdown mode. I mean, I wouldn't want to be living in the state of Alabama if Bama went six and six. He's right, Jonathan. He's right. Hey, you know, the, in 2013 when they kicked six, that was Bama's only loss of the year. They were talking about firing him. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to fire a <laughs> uh, Eleven and one coach, yeah. Twelve and one after the bowl, yeah. Fire your twelve and one coach there. That's that's what I would do. But anyway, guys, all this coaching talks fun. Let's get down to business. What we do best right now, talking about business. Detroit's up seventeen to nothing in the first quarter. Jonathan over Green Bay. Quinn, I know you're happy. Jonathan, your thoughts? Uh, Damn, my Bears beat them. Wow. I mean. Have we seen the team start the season so hot? I mean, Green Bay looked like they were <laughs> going to dominate again, and they have just melted. That you know, a lot of people are like, well, the Jordy Nelson. Well, Jordy Nelson got hurt in August, y'all. This team started six and zero, and then all of a sudden they were just, ah, we're done. I mean, what, what, exactly. what happened, Green Bay? What happened? That's a good point. It's like this. This is a. A team that it didn't like they were six and zero and lost Jordy Nelson. In this this is a team that they started with a win at Chicago. They beat Seattle by ten. They beat Kansas City. They beat San Fran, St. Louis, San Diego, and then Denver exposed them. Carolina had them killed. Detroit beat them. Thanks or, or in Green Bay actually, I believe it was. Minnesota, they beat Minnesota, Chicago beat them, and now here it is. They're, this is over for Green Bay. And then you look at the rest of the season, Dallas, Oakland, Arizona, Minnesota. There's three tough games Dallas won't be, but you're talking about they're, they're going to give up the division right here, it looks like. If they lose this game tonight, you got to say Minnesota. you got to really look at Minnesota. Let me look at the standings real quick in this in this division right here because you can't count my bears out of the playoff race. No, yet. you can't, you can't, you're right. I'm not counting them out. Quinn. I would not do that to you right now, but let me look at it real quick. I'm sorry. My computer was freezing up. Minnesota has a one game lead over green Bay right now, guys. Tonight they're going to fall to two games back. And it means Detroit's moved to two games within Green Bay. I mean, so Detroit's won like four in a row or something. Chicago's five and six. They're only three games out. But you never know. But Green Bay is a team that went from a Super Bowl favorite of playing the New England Patriots to now Jonathan being a wild card at best. Yeah, it's just. It's amazing to see how they have they just fallen off the map. Um, I, I'm just, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm 
really at a loss for words of what's going on. I don't think, you know, <laughs> since the Broncos, oh, I can't remember what year it was now, um, but there was a power in at quarterback. They started the year 6-0, and finished 8-8, eight and eight and missed the postseason. Um, that's the, and Josh McDaniels was the head coach. That was the last time I've seen a collapse like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and speaking of uh, the NFL real quick, Carolina is 11-0 and right now, playing at New Orleans. Carolina, with a win, clinches the playoff berth. We're talking about already. I mean, in this season, Jonathan, Carolina, Cam Newton, 12-0 and if they beat New Orleans. And that's not going to be an easy game. It's a division game on the road. If Carolina wins this game, what do you think about the home field advantage? Do you think they're good enough to to keep that two-game lead out of Arizona, you know, keep it away? Because you don't want to give up home field advantage if you're Carolina now. Every game is important. You look at the schedule that they play, Arizona's hot right now. So you got at, at New Orleans and then you play Atlanta at home. Those are two games right there. Carolina should be 13-0, right? That should about seal it up, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I looking at Carolina's schedule, I, I really have a hard time seeing the game that they're they're going to lose. I mean, if they're going to lose a game, it, it's going to be probably at New York, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, because I, I agree. Southern teams tend to struggle up there in the winter, and that's the only game. That's, I mean, that's and, why and, you want home field advantage, right? Exactly. So, oh, exact reason why you'd want it. And net, net, if they lose to New York, then maybe I could see Tampa sneaking a win in the last game of the year because we'll be resting people. Um, but I mean, Carolina's—it's just amazing what they've done this year. I'm really impressed with that team. Cam Newton. You know, I, people laughed when I said he was going to be a top five quarterback and and everything, and they laughed at me. And right now. I heard Jimmy Johnson, and you got to respect Jimmy Johnson. He's won national championships, Super Bowls. He said, you talk about Cam Newton and Tom Brady in the same breath right now. That's how that's how impactful he is. Maybe you agree, Johnson, Quinn, maybe you don't, but I don't know anybody more valuable to their team now than Cam Newton, and, and it's making an impact. But let's look at Arizona's schedule left. They're, they've lost two, remember? They lost to St. Louis and Pittsburgh. Their remaining schedule at St. Louis, which is going to be a tough one. They played Minnesota at Philly, Green Bay, and Seattle. Tell me right there, there's not two more losses coming for Arizona at least, probably. There, there's no way they make it through that run, Jonathan, unscathed. I don't know about that. I mean, St. Louis right now is in full-on meltdown mode offensively. They can't seem to find a quarterback to do anything right. Seattle's looking pesky. Don't get me wrong. Green Bay, we just got done talking about what they're going through. The Arizona could run out the table here. I mean, yeah, you know, there's probably, they're probably going to lose another one and finish 13 and three. But I mean, you want to talk about one of the more underrated coaching jobs that we've seen? The head coach in Arizona has done a phenomenal job. Back-to-back double-digit win years. They won 12 games last year. Had to use four quarterbacks to do it. And Arizona's just mm-hmm. if Carson stays healthy. That's going to be a heck of a championship game between Carolina and Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think Carolina and Arizona are the best teams of the NFL. It's not just the the conference. I think New England is not as – if Gronkowski is not 100% and 
and they're already missing some people. We saw the other night the Patriots are beatable. I mean, they are beatable. And I just think right now that the two best teams in football, and you guys tell me if I'm crazy, it's okay. I think Carolina and Arizona are the two best football teams, complete football teams in the NFL. Quinn, agree or disagree? Uh, I would I would probably say it would be – I'd say it would probably be Carolina first, New England second, Arizona third. I think Arizona would beat the brakes off New England, Jonathan. Yeah, right now, I mean, I yep. listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, and he's a diehard Patriots fan, might be the the face of their, uh, their fan base. And he had a really good good quote Monday about the Patriots, and to which he said, I don't know who Tom Brady's throwing the football to anymore. I mean, literally, they've had so many injuries that Patriots fans are sitting there scratching their head going, who? Who's that catching footballs again? I mean, Edelman out, Gronk, you know, they're saying he's not going to miss significant time, but still, any time he misses is not good. You know, so, I mean, yeah. we're sitting there going, and LeGarrette Blunt's disappeared. Deion Lewis got hurt. I mean, you're relying on this weekend. New England's going to rely on Scott Chandler. Uh, it's Scott Chandler and Brandon LaFell and Danny Amendola are your top three receiving threats. If it, they didn't have Tom Brady, we'd say they'd score 10 points. <laughs> and that, that, that's just a fact of it. And, Quinn, you're probably right. New England's probably number two. You're probably right. And, um, you know, it's just exciting to see that, that Carolina has a shot to win a Super Bowl this year. Believe it or not, they, yeah. to me right now, I favor them in Arizona. They're, it's either going to be Carolina or Arizona probably in the Super Bowl. But don't don't count out Seattle just yet, guys. I mean, this is a team, if they can catch some fire, get in a wild card game. But that wild card, what are there, two wild cards? You know, you you look at the wild yeah. card right now. Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be Green Bay or Minnesota or Chicago? Maybe is it going to be Seattle? Is it going to be one? Tampa. It's not going to be the, the East team. Tampa is in the conversation. Yeah, I mean they're they found new life. And I know Jonathan. I know they're not going to win the division, but my God, they're five and six. And and I'm telling you, if they catch a three game winning streak right here in a row. Watch out what happens. And, and Tampa could be that game, like Jonathan said, against Carolina. Because Tampa was that team that always just needed a quarterback. Well, guess what? They got one. <laughs> the got Bears play Tampa, so that'll be a huge game. That'll be after that game last you, week. I'm, I'm telling you, you put Tampa's receivers on Carolina right now with an experienced Cam Newton. you got to remember, Winston's just a rookie. But you give Cam Newton those kind of weapons, my God. No, 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 Brian, 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 you don't what? want Mike what? Evans. Trust me, nobody wants Mike Evans. He drops so many passes and quits on so many routes that it is frustrating. He makes True. the easiest catch, who left the most difficult thing in the world. I was ready to go to Indianapolis and shoot him Sunday. Jameis <laughs> throws a beautiful bomb 50 yards downfield, and Mike, after burning the corner in the safety, Quit running his route. Mike might be gambling a little bit on these games. Yeah, that's a good point, Quinn. Hey, Green (laughs) Bay just missed a chip shot field goal right here. I think it was a chip shot by about 40 yards. 
clinch it story of their season, clink. And let's, oh, let's go over a couple games right now in the NFL before I get we get college. I, we'll go another 45 minutes if y'all can stay with me. Um, mm-hmm. The Bucks are at home against the Falcons, favored one. I'm going with the Bucks, Jonathan, in this game. I just think, I just think the whole, just right now, Tampa's a better football team, and Atlanta couldn't beat. They couldn't hit water face out of a boat. Well, Matt Ryan stood up earlier in the week. He said he's going to break out of his slump against Tampa. Yeah, you know, you just pissed off a very agitated defense. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks to win this game down here. And this is a this is a loser goes home game. In all reality, whoever loses this game can, pro- is, it can probably kiss their playoff chances goodbye. Yep. And I'm telling you right Loserly now, Atlanta. Town. Yeah, Atlanta, bye. Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Loser leave town. Julio leaves in the middle of the season and heads to Carolina. He's like, I'm quitting Atlanta right now. I'm going to the Panthers. The Panthers. You mean Jones, Julio, Scientist, Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a new free agent, Jones, Julio, just came out of the, the IFL. Jones, Julio, that's a good one. Here's a, here's a game that's got my interest. Arizona at St. Louis. I know, Jonathan, this is my upset special of the week. I like the Rams to pull off the upset against Arizona at home. One thing, go back in the history and look at this. The Rams know how to play St. Louis. I mean, they know how to play Arizona, man. They know how to play them, and this has got upset special written all over it. I know you're going to pick Arizona, right? Yeah, I'm laying the points. Quinn, who do you like? I like Arizona. Okay. By some outnumbered here. Ooh, man, I'm just a. I must be crazy tonight to. You I feel lonely. Here's, here's a game I think we'll all be split on. Seattle at Minnesota. This is probably the game of the day to me. It's a pick em. I'm going with the Seahawks in this game just because, I don't know. I just I, You can't bet against the Seahawks, Jonathan. I'm going to pick them. This is the, to me, this is a must win for Seattle. They lose this one. I think they're going to fold. If they can find a way to win, watch out for them. Mm. Mm. That's a tough game. Tough one, huh? It is. That's a tough game. I'm not going to bet on it, but I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, let me take it and a pick them, which means Seattle and the news will be fair by three. I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm going to take Minnesota in this one. I, I, I just – I just think that little home field magic, um, I think they're the inferior football team offensively, but defensively they've got something figured out. I think they're going to make Russell look stupid, and they're going to win this game 6-5. to five. Whoa, yeah, I like the score of that one. Quinn, who do you like in this one? I think Minnesota wins, and I hope Minnesota wins because then as long as the Bears win, that would pit Seattle at six losses, and the Bears have six losses. So really, it might just be me wanting Seattle to lose, but I think Minnesota should pull it off at home. But but, but here's the deal. Minnesota's a good football team, guys. They're good. Yeah, they are. And maybe I'm just looking at it, Seattle – from the old Seattle. This is not the same Seahawks team that 
Seattle's a good team. They they used to be great at home and unstoppable and on the road. They weren't good. Now they're an okay team at home and on the road. I just don't don't trust them. Maybe I should change my pick, but I'm not going to. So yeah, they're two and three on the road. Seattle is. All right, Carolina seven over New Orleans, Quinn. Who do you got? I think Carolina wins by seven. They'll cover it, the spread. I think Carolina wins by four points. Jonathan, what do you think? New Orleans can't stop a, a nosebleed right now. Carolina puts up 40-plus <laughs> points, wins by about 25. I like that. And I'm going to pick a game that may surprise you. This be, I like the Raiders getting three points at home against the, the Chefs. I just I just think Oakland's <laughs> a pretty good football team right now. Jonathan, who do you like in this one? Uh, Kansas has been playing well lately, but last week you just kind of sat there and went, wow, their offense really can't do anything, can they? Alex Smith, hmm, how, did, how did San Francisco ever, ever win games with them? He's not that good. Um, I'm going to take Oakland at home to go ahead and pull this one out. It'll be a tight game uh, up until the fourth quarter, and I think Oakland will pull away win this game by nine. All right, Quinn, who do you like before we get into college? Um, I'll be unpopular and say Kansas City wins. Oh, all right. I like it. Well, guys, this is what it's all about in college football right here. This is the weekend. If you love college football, this is why there's some games every weekend, if you think about it, that I can remember, and there may be a couple years it didn't happen. There's always that big upset in this weekend that just throws a monkey wrench, whether it be somebody like Florida beating Bama, Clemson going down this weekend. Something's going to happen to get Ohio State into this final four. I've been saying it. You guys are my witnesses. I've been saying this. Ohio State will get into the playoff if Clemson loses, if Alabama loses. If one of those teams lose right there, then Ohio State gets in. And I'm going to I'm gonna ask Jonathan real quick, do you agree with that right now or do you disagree if that happens? If Clemson loses to North Carolina, Ohio State does not get in. If Florida beats Alabama, I think there would still be debate if Stanford beats USC because the committee do they loves get the conference championship. Yeah, but do they get – the conference championship is good when you're comparing two even teams. Ohio State would be a one-loss defending champion. Against, uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's face it, the Pac-12 is an okay conference. They're they're a good conference, but they're not, well, you know, elite. There's no thing. team in there. Is I mean, if Iowa beats, let's say Iowa manhandles Michigan State, beats them twenty-eight to three, do you put Ohio State in? Yeah, if Bama no. loses, because Ohio State lost yeah. Michigan State with a third-string quarterback. Iowa goes ahead yeah, and beats up on a fully healthy Michigan State. I do, Ohio I do State... because you're right, you're right. And, and, and the contingency to this was Michigan State beats Iowa. That way Ohio State claims their only loss 
was against Michigan State in the rain. You know, they had a bad game. But that last game on the road against a very respected Michigan program with Jim Harbaugh now is what the committee remembers now. So it's kind of, okay, you lost. I'll forgive you once. Remember the committee's all about the, the one game. Stanford lost to Northwestern, a Big Ten team now. Remember, a Big Ten team beat them. And Oregon school drug them. So, you know, beating USC right here is not really a big deal. You're beating an 8-4 and four team, okay, that you've already beaten. There's nothing can be gained by Stanford right now. They're at seven, I believe, right, in the playoff committee's eyes. Here's the deal. North Carolina beats Clemson. It's going to piss a lot of people off. Jonathan, you're going to be surprised, but North Carolina does not make it in if that happens. Ohio State jumps in. You're going to have a one-seed Alabama. You're going to have a number two Oklahoma. You're going to have a three Michigan State. You're going to have a four Ohio State. It's going to set up Alabama, Ohio State in the first round, Michigan State and Oklahoma. I mean, both in the first round. How big would that be? You're talking about the money going on. I mean, just think of those two games right there. Then just think about that championship, a possible – Ohio State, Michigan State rematch, a possible Ohio State, Oklahoma. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. I just don't see Iowa getting in. I just don't see North Carolina getting in. Quinn, what are your thoughts right now this weekend coming up? Well, I think uh, I think North Carolina beats Clemson by two touchdowns. I think this will <laughs> be 31-17. And then... I think Stanford beats USC pretty good. And I think Stanford gets the fourth spot. So it'll be one Alabama, two Oklahoma, three Michigan State, four Stanford. Stanford beating Notre Dame was big. I mean, that game was amazing. That's probably one of the best college football games of the year. And uh, I know it hurt to lose that game. You can't be ashamed of the way your Notre Dame Irish played this year. Jonathan, is the Notre Dame game, the win, going to be enough to get them over the hump? Because I, the conference championship doesn't matter to me if you're playing – if you have two losses as much and you're you're comparing a one-loss team to them. If you're comparing a, an Ohio State team with two losses and Stanford with two losses and Stanford won their conference, I see that. Okay, you want to give Stanford. They won their conference, but – you win your conference, how good is the the Pac-12, really? I mean, think about it. I see, where, I see what you're saying. And yeah, I think the Notre Dame game would mean something because um, that's a big win. In all reality, it's still a top-ten team in Notre Dame who, you know, only the loss is the Clemson. That's a very good Notre Dame team, but if they could have just stayed healthy, yeah. come on. You know, we're not even very having good. this conversation about Ohio State. So, I, I think Stanford still has their shot at it, though, because there's still that belief that the Pac-12 is one of the top three, if not top two, conferences that just cannibalize each other. And it's the same rhetoric that the SEC spews at the end of the day. Let's let's be honest. You know, let's, I'm going to be frank here and say, you know what? The, you know, the SEC wasn't very good this year. They, 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 did they chew each other up a little bit? Yeah. But you're telling me, and, and I, from what I heard, Callan Copper kind of said the same thing. So Alabama's twelve and one. That's fantastic. Your second place team in the SEC overall is Florida, who at ten and two you look at and I ask people I go, Do you Florida ten and two? What? My people honestly thought that Florida was six and six. 
people thought Georgia was six. The second best team, and the, and the best team, all honesty, in the SEC is Tennessee. Tennessee, yep. Florida's terrible. Don't... I mean, awful. They're terrible. Awful. Awful. And the SEC Georgia's is awful. awful this year. I mean, and, and just, you know that just, guy that called in the other night that was a that that didn't make much sense in what he was saying, but you know yeah. Alabama's defense looks good at, at what they do, and they do. But how good are the SEC offenses? Honestly, you look at it. This is probably the worst not, offensive not league I've ever seen. I've, this is a, Alabama is is good, and everybody else is average at best. I mean. Auburn's an average football team. LSU. And how good are the actual offensive lines in the SEC, too? You hear about how good the offensive lines are, but then these so-called good offensive lines are getting absolutely manhandled. You can't tell me that Alabama's defensive line is that much better. Auburn handled them pretty good, honestly. If you That's watched that true. game, That's the, true. Up front, they did. Auburn really they handled Alabama. Yeah. Alabama the bottom line with Auburn, they didn't have a quarterback that really could make Alabama pay down the field. You saw some wide open plays that were missed and to me there's not much difference between Auburn and Alabama, Jonathan, except There's um, not. Alabama's there's defense is so good, that's the difference. It's the execution of some plays. That was the difference, was the execution of some plays. You know, it's not even the shot down the field that I think bothered me the most watching Auburn's offense against Alabama. It was the fact that they couldn't stay on the field. And that, 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 that at the end of the day, is what kills the defense, is when you can't stay on the field. And, I mean, that's what Ole Miss – and that's what Alabama did to themselves against Ole Miss, the five turnovers. They couldn't Mm -hmm. get the defense off the field. And, I mean, I look at the SEC, and I see a bunch of garbage, and I mean garbage, run around that conference. (laughs) And I don't have a – I don't hate – I want to put this out there. I'm a Florida State fan. I don't hate the SEC. I enjoy watching the SEC. It's Southern football. I love it. I'm a regional guy, okay? I like watching Southern football. I don't like watching the West Coast. I don't like watching the Big 12. Big 10 games are for noon time. The SEC and the ACC is what I live to watch. It's Southern football. It's how it should be played. And what I saw this year was a bunch of garbage out of the SEC. And that infuriated me as a college football fan. I mean, just absolute garbage. Alabama's not that good. I've watched them numerous times. They're, they're, offense they're not sucks. that good. Their offense sucks. Co- I'm telling you this, guys. I'm going to tell you this. So good. I'm going to make a prediction. Y'all tell me what you think and be honest with me. And I'm not saying this out of hate for Alabama. If Tennessee and Alabama were playing in the Georgia Dome this weekend, I believe Tennessee would win that football game, Jonathan. I do. Yes. I, I really yes. do. Yes, I agree. I think if Tennessee got a second shot at Alabama, they beat them. And I don't, th- I don't know if they skull drug them or smoke them, but I tell you this much right now: after the first time they played, Tennessee's looking back, going, "You know what? Yeah. We just got to run this a couple more times, and we got them. I mean, we got that to be back. That should be the Tennessee. SEC championship game. Yeah, 
Yeah, Tennessee should have beat. Just think about this. Tennessee's losses were to Oklahoma. They're going to be in the playoff. To Alabama, they're going to be in the playoff. They lost to Florida, and that was a fluke. They're in the SEC championship game, and they lost to a good Arkansas team. And when I say good, I mean Arkansas played offense this year better than I expected. They, they, They actually had one of the better offenses in the conference, believe it or not. I mean, they yeah. Arkansas beating Tennessee was the only game that Tennessee really lost. But we we could be sitting here talking about an eleven and one Tennessee team playing eleven and two, or no, it probably it would be Ole Miss actually if if Tennessee would have held on and no and beaten no, Alabama. No. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Tennessee should be undefeated. They could have won. Yeah, they were up fourteen game. against Arkansas. Yeah, they were up fourteen on yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, they 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 sh- they should be twelve and zero right now going into the SEC. And, and if you think yeah. and if you think the SEC East is, is Florida coming back next year, Tennessee Jonathan is about to nail down that SEC East. I don't care Kirby Smart yeah. and all this and, and McElwain. I guarantee you, Butch Jones is going to nail down the SEC East. Are you ready to jump on board with me? I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After what I saw this year, uh, and Tennessee has always been a team that, uh, for some reason, I, I, I and I think it's the Florida-Tennessee game, to be honest with you, I've always rooted for Tennessee when it came to SEC play. And that's a team that, after watching them this year, and they're going to return a lot of talent for next year's squad, I think they're going to be the best team in their division. I think it's not even going to be close. I think I think Florida's a mirage. This is 2012 all over again when Florida won, you know, 10 games, got to the Sugar Bowl, got slapped around by Louisville like they were redheaded stepchildren, and then fell back to the next couple of years. This was a fluke year for Florida. They're not yeah, going to this be is, Yeah. Because you got to think, guys, this, and, and the SEC's down. Florida beat New Mexico State, East Carolina, struggled to Kentucky, one by five. They was a flip beat Tennessee. They had a game. It was a anomaly against Ole Miss. This was just something that just a rare occurrence that happened. They beat Missouri. They got beat by LSU. They beat Georgia. We saw how good Georgia really is. They beat Vanderbilt nine to seven. They beat South Carolina by 10, Florida Atlantic in overtime by 6. Got boat race, pistol whip, and skull drug at home against Florida State. And now they're going to really see uh, – I mean, and here's the deal. I want to say Alabama's going to blow them out, but I, I see Florida's defense. I think that Florida State's offense is a lot better than Alabama's, in my opinion. I think Florida's defense could give Alabama more problems, Jonathan, in this game and keep it closer than people think. I, but I do they're going to get wore out because they'll be on the field so much. Yeah, I mean, they if, can if, stop you watch, if you watch the Florida-Florida State game, Florida State offensively, I mean, we moved the ball, don't get me wrong, we, we moved the ball for the first half. We, we came away with 13 points. Um, in the second half, Dalvin ran for about 150 yards. In the fourth quarter alone, I think he had about 70. We just wore them down and just beat them down in the second half. And what's going to happen is everybody, including myself, is going to lay the 17 points on Alabama. We're going to watch the first three quarters and be nervous because the score is going to be, you know, 10-0. 
and then Alabama's going to score, you know, five touchdowns when they gain 45 to 2. Well, and it's exactly what's going to happen. Jonathan, is it possible that Florida realized that they weren't going to win that game Saturday and they kind of called the dogs off in a way and just said, you know what, let's save everything and at least try to win the SEC? I mean, once they realized that, okay, we're not going to – I just don't think they can score on Alabama. That's the problem. I mean, I look at this game and I keep looking at it. The bottom line is how many can Alabama score on Florida? That's what we need to look at. I mean, if you want to bet on this game and you're going to give up the 18, can Alabama put up 24 points? That's probably what it's going to be. It'll be 24 to 6, something like that. Florida may get a couple of field goals. I doubt it. 42 to 0 is what I'm predicting. Florida's going to have to do something defensive. They're going to have to pick off poker in plus territory. The defense, the special team's going to have to make a big play. Something along those lines is going to happen. Is going to have to happen for for them to score points. Because I saw it Saturday. Yeah. That wasn't a team that quit. That was a team that got thoroughly outplayed and just got yeah. still win. I mean, Derwin James, who is our freshman, all, 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 he's going to be an All-American freshman. He came in on a blitz and just flattened the right tackle. I mean, flattened. You don't quit <laughs> unless you don't get beat like that. They just got mauled by – honestly, I'm going to yeah. say this now, and y'all can say what you want. Florida State has the best defense in the nation. No doubt about it. Only team not to give up to, and more than 24 points in a game this year. Only team. Only team in college football. Mm, Best defense I, in football. I don't think. Most of uh, I mean, just I mean, love good. the way they play. They're good, Jonathan. But we held Clemson to 17 for, four, for 58 minutes. I mean, we shut Clemson yeah. down for 58 minutes. I mean, that's a, well, maybe that's you're right. a phenomenal defense. Maybe and you're they right just came in and pistoled at Florida. Player. Well, maybe you're right because the quarterback playing the SEC is down this year, and Alabama's defense is good. You can't mistake. You can't deny that. You can tell by test. Alabama's got a real good defense, and Florida State's going to show. I mean, this is a down year for Florida State at 10 and 2. I mean, let's say that they're going to bowl. They're going to win 11 games. They're going to come back next year a favorite to make the playoffs. I mean, we all can agree on that. that well, that Florida the State, State has back. a young team. Yeah, Jimbo they did. Fisher said that next year's team is the best team he's ever going to have at Tallahassee. Yeah. That's why he wasn't leaving. Yeah. He knows what he has. No. And at yeah. the end of the day, we're going to get the loser of the Big Ten championship game in the Peach Bowl, barring North Carolina upsetting Clemson. We'll get the loser of the Big Ten game in the Peach Bowl. And if it's Iowa, I'm sorry. I am truly sorry for what's going to happen to your quarterback. I really <laughs> am. If it's Michigan State, I'm sorry, Connor Cook. You might injure your shoulder again. I, I mean, that, that's what you're looking at. This is a pissed-off, mean defense. And Dalvin Cook, if he does not get invited to the Heisen ceremony, I apologize to your defense in advance because he is going to run think Dalvin like Cook, Jackson and Tecmo Bowl. I think, I think Dalvin Cook is the best running back in college football. I mean, I do. I'm going to say that right now on this show. For or Fournette than him, I, I think Henry's good, but I think Henry's a guy that gets his he gets more touches than anybody I've ever seen. So it it just helps him out a lot in the statistics, and he's playing on an undefeated team. Let's face it, LSU has no defense like Alabama, and they don't have a quarterback that can manage a game. 
Cook is a beast. You saw the first play against Clemson on the road. Clemson's a good defensive team. He took it, what, 75 yards right to the house. And then the next time he touched, he got to the same thing. Yeah. I mean, he was hurt. And people forget he's been hurt most of the year. And our offensive line's been a revolving door in the right time. People don't notice this, but 70% of our runs this year were to the left. 70% of our running plays were to the left. That was the strong side of our offensive line. Went to the right. We had more plays for negative yards than any time else for the rest of the team. Florida State's going to be a monster next year. Alabama, what Derrick Henry has going for him, this is what Alabama has better than I think any team in the nation right now. They have the best offensive line in college football. They open up holes that Mack Trucks can run through, and Henry just takes advantage and gets. Once he gets a full head of steam, it's hard to bring him down. Same thing with Trent Richardson and Eddie Lacy. You know what? I could argue that, and I could say – if you if you if you watch Notre Dame's offensive line, it might be a little homerish, but I would say I would say that offensive line is probably almost as good as any offensive line in the nation. Great offensive line as well, think, no doubt about it. I think I agree. I agree with Quinn right there. I, I, I agree with Quinn with that. And you got to think of all. I watch Notre Dame's offensive line, and it is probably top three. I mean, that they could be the best. But They're the top best three coach. in the country. Yeah, most fundamentally hey, look, sound offensive choice, line I've seen. If I had a choice right now, if you told me, Brian, you have two choices to be your coach at Auburn right now, and let's just pretend Gus Malzahn's not there right now. I want Brian. I want the uh, what's his name in Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Or I want Butch Jones. I want Butch Jones. Either those two teams, those two coaches would make me happy. You guys tell me, I mean, Quinn, what would you say if you're an Auburn fan? Brian Kelly or Butch Jones is your coach. You'd be a very happy man, wouldn't you? Yeah, and uh, seeing what Brian Kelly can do with quarterbacks, oh, yeah, I'd love that. I mean, I was just thinking, if, if if Notre Dame, I mean, if Auburn had Brandon Wimbush, who is Notre Dame's third string quarterback, Auburn wouldn't be six and six this year. If if, if Auburn had a Deshaun nine Kaiser and three at least. or a Mo, or a Mo, Malik Zaire, could be undefeated. Because it's because all about all your those guys man. bring, and Kelly develops them. Kelly and I mean Sanford is part of that, but before Sanford got there, Kelly always had good QBs. Yeah. Is anybody better at than Jimbo, though? Is anybody really better at developing quarterbacks than Jimbo, though? I I can't really say. I really can't (laughs) say yes. I mean, mean, everything he touches turns to gold. I mean, he's a quarterback whisperer. You know, and and McIlwain, that's what Joey Joey Vizzy said about McIlwain, quarterback whisperer. He's a quarterback (laughs) killer is what he is. (laughs) (laughs) Joey Vizzy, oh, my God. Yeah, McIlwain, what quarterback did he turn to goal? Garrett Grayson? Oh, Garrett Grayson really faced some hard defense. He he turned uh, a quarterback to uh, a steroid monster and then got him kicked out of the the college football. He's you know, that's what well, he did. He's like, well, you know defense, what, I'm going to compete I, early. Well, to Joey's defense, I don't know if Greer and Treon really have that much talent or upside. 
I think McElwain has to bring a guy in. And well, I, we're talking about Will Greer was the top prospect as a quarterback coming out. I mean, he was he was the guy. He shattered records in for high school in North Carolina. So I don't, well, I don't maybe know. Maybe it is coaching. Or but he was system. a freshman, right? Yeah, he was a freshman this year, and yeah, okay. he's a redshirt. That's a, I mean, he looked yeah. good, oh, okay. but at the same time, he didn't look good until that Ole Miss game. Let's remember that. Before that, he didn't look that good. Yeah. <laughs> he was one play what, against John, Tennessee. Joey, I'll tell you what, Johnny Manziel won a Heisman as a redshirt freshman, so I'm not buying that, that whole – I mean, I understand true freshman. There's a huge difference between a redshirt and a, and a true freshman, but – Anyway, let's yeah. get on this game real quick. Joey's trying to tell the world probably that Florida's going to pull the upset. The only way Florida can win this game, just like Jonathan said, is if they they get into Coker's head, they force turnovers. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about turnovers at their own thirty. Florida getting the ball. I'm talking about turnovers that lead to touchdowns, pick sixes, fumble recovery for touchdowns, or turnovers deep inside territory to get points on the board. If Alabama doesn't turn the ball over at least four times in this game, Florida doesn't have a shot. And that's not even that. They have to capitalize on them. Jonathan, I think you're right. It's going to be a closer game in the first half, you know, 10 to nothing, uh, 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, Bama's going to run off two touchdowns and maybe 31 to six, something like that. Um, Bama wins this one going away, but I still don't favor Bama. I don't agree with Vegas. I don't think Bama is favored to win the playoff. I'm going to take the field against Alabama in the playoff. What do you think about this game in my last statement? Uh, I, I agree. Obviously, I'm laying the points. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't mind the, the, the how big the number is. I agree. I would take the field right now. Um, I think you know honestly, Oklahoma and Clemson should be the front runner. The only reason Alabama is the favorite right now is because all the money in the SEC and all the money in Alabama is coming in on Alabama. So, hey, as long as you bet them, the number is going to go down. That's all it is right now, guys. All yeah. the sharp money is on Oklahoma right now. Oklahoma is who a lot mm-hmm. of the sharp betters <laughs> say are the best team in college football. Yeah. Oklahoma is this year or la- is last year's Ohio State. That's what they are right now. They're hot. They're yes. a buzz. They're, They're a buzzsaw. They're a buzzsaw. But I do think I can't get over the Texas loss. But something happened after that game. But they're not just beating people. They're destroying people. I mean, they're not the beating team. teams. They're yeah. They're a they're a angry team. And Bob Stoops has run his mouth just enough. Uh, he's got to put up. I mean, he's got to put up in these games and win, or he's going to be a joke. Bob Stoops is another coach that's very unappreciated at what he's done at Oklahoma and how long he's been there. Kudos to Bob Stoops for getting his team back into this position, but I don't want to get off topic too much, but getting him back into relevance again. I mean, they could easily win this national championship. But let's, we all agree that Alabama wins this game against Florida, right? Yeah. No question. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see the upset. I would. I would love to see Florida come in. And I know, Jonathan, you wouldn't, but. No, no, uh, I would. I would. I would. Don't, don't let anybody fool you. I would. Because Florida fans would run their lips, and then they'd have that minute of, oh, wait a minute. You mean <laughs> we 
go to some bowl game and play TCU? I don't want to go play TCU. I mean, that, that's, that's what would happen, and I would laugh. T- and, uh, uh, TCU would and destroy Florida. If Florida beats Alabama, what I would understand is Tennessee is the best team in the conference, and the SEC is pretty weak this year overall. I mean, that's, that's really what it would say. And it would be hard to uh, – to defend that. I mean, I, you know, I've always talked the SEC because the SEC has been the leader to me. This year, no. I mean, they, they're they not the best conference. They may be just because of what they do, but I, I look at the Big Ten, their first five or six teams. I look at what the Big 12's not that bad. I look at the ACC's improved, Pac-12's deep. I mean, the SEC is just not the dominant conference like they used to be. It may be next year, maybe in a couple years. But but let's move on to another game here. Temple at Houston. There's no major bowl implications on this one. Houston's got a a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Temple. And and you know what, Jonathan? I think Houston takes care of business in this one. I think Houston, they're, they're coached very well. I think that they lost to Connecticut was just a fluke. Is this one of those things you have a bad week and you lose? I like Houston to beat Temple. What are your thoughts? Now that Herman has signed his extension with Houston and has said, look, I'm saying don't worry about it. I ain't going nowhere. I think this team's going to rally around that. Um, and I think they're going to beat Temple and go ahead and lock up their spot in the Fiesta Bowl against Notre mm-hmm. Dame. Oh, gosh. I, I hope <laughs> Notre Dame doesn't play Houston. I hope what I hope, what I hope is, if it doesn't look like they'll get to play Florida State, I hope Notre Dame gets uh, Ohio State, which is a possibility in the Fiesta Bowl, and that'd be a rematch game for Notre Dame because last time they played Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl, they got boat raced. Oh, the Brady Quinn game. <laughs> yeah, that was in 2006, I think. Yeah. I hadn't seen a massacre like that since Oxus. <laughs> Last time I saw that massacre was the 2012 National Championship game down in Miami. I, know I, there. I saw you. I saw you, Quinn. I saw you that bag over your head. There, they showed you. I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I guess. Do you like Houston in this game? I'm going to take Temple, and, I'm, and that would be a conference champ on Notre Dame's schedule. You are a homer, Quinn. I love you. But you know your football, but you always tie it back to Notre Dame. I love you for it. Um, all right, here's a here's a big game that we talked about, which I think is meaningless, Stanford and USC. I think Stanford, this will be beneficial if, Alabama and Clemson both lost. I think Stanford would benefit from it. I think Stanford, um, I think they beat USC. I think they match up well with USC. The conference needs them to win. They need a two-loss champion. I still don't think it's enough, Jonathan. Stanford gets the win by about a touchdown, but they'll end up in the New Year's six, but they will not be in the playoff. Okay, I got this. Follow me here. When you have a rematch in the same in a, in a season, the team who won the first matchup, I think it's actually 100% of the time at this point, has lost the second game. 
We saw it in 2011 with Alabama and LSU. We saw it in 96 when Florida State played Florida for the championship because Nebraska got the damn flu. And we're going to see it this year. USC's going to beat Stanford. Clay Helton rallies, rallies this team around yeah. him at his first game as the head ball coach, official head football coach of USC, and they win. And that was a good move by USC doing that, I think. That just kind of brings more unity. That's a good point, Jonathan. That just kind of makes him more focused. Like, this is for real. Before, it was just like, ah, let's play with free house money. But now, he's the head coach, and it really is very important. I would love to see USC win this game. I just don't know if they do. Quinn, who do you like in this one? Um, I'm on with Stanford. Uh, I think I think Stanford wins. But, but well, no, not really <laughs> because Notre Dame play both. But I don't like USC. But usually I keep I that either. out of it. But I, but I think Stanford like uh, wins by about ten points, like they did the first time. Hey, well, Quinn. tell me real real quick. Go ahead, Jonathan. Go ahead. Quinn, how much does it bother you that because the refs blew a call that went in your favor that you lost that game? I mean, how much does that eat at you, knowing that the the, the refs that y'all paid for screwed up on a call, gave y'all a touchdown when you should have been down at the half-yard line, and that just gave Stanford enough time mm-hmm. to beat you? So just let me know. How, how does that make you feel on the inside? It made me feel warm and fuzzy. It was a poetic justice. And Quinn's, it, it, and Quinn's not even really, arguing about it. Felt, it felt really bad because the guy that caught that ball to get him in position was killing Notre Dame all game long. He was like the only dude on that offense that was beating him. They contained McCaffrey, but could just went off. They couldn't guard him. That was probably the biggest thing that probably pissed me off is on the second-to-last play before the field goal when Van Gorder said, well, let's go to a prevent. The only time you go to a prevent is for a Hail Mary. You don't go to a prevent and give up a 20-something-yard play. You blitz. <laughs> you do what you were doing all game. We were getting pressure. You don't go to a prevent and drop everyone into coverage. That's what, that's what you get for having Uncle Rico as your defensive coordinator. <laughs> if it wasn't for that bum left knee. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but but Quinn, you know, you talk about the miss call Notre Dame. I got eight pictures of holding that I'm gonna send and put that on Facebook of the Alabama against Auburn the other night. Not one of them were called. That was bad. That was them. bad. I mean yeah, I, I mean bad. I'm like you know, that old referee needs to be taken out and shot. That's what needs to happen. When you blow a game and you cheat, you need to be taken out to midfield and shot in front of the crowd. And uh, that's that old – God, I can't And even a former Bama player posted up a picture saying, oh, the refs, the refs are our helpers, something like that. Like, I got a picture with that referee wearing an Alabama hat, guys. Yeah. You said on my Facebook. But anyway, let's get to these last two real quick. Clemson at home, or not at home, they're the home team. They're 12-0 and against North Carolina. North Carolina's been hearing all last couple of weeks that they don't belong, really. They haven't beaten anybody. 
I mean, Jonathan, we've seen this before, the rallying crowd. You rally around each other. You're the underdog, nothing to lose. This line's low at four and a half. Vegas is trying to tell us something here. A lot of people are going to take Clemson, thinking, yeah, Clemson will win by at least a touchdown. I think North Carolina pulls the upset. They beat Clemson. Clemson wins 41-31. This game's going to be about 17-17 at halftime. And then North Carolina's 83rd-ranked rushing defense is going to show up, and Clemson's going to pound the rock. They're going to wear down this defense, eat clock, and they're going to wind up pulling this game out. They're going to separate themselves. North Carolina's done a phenomenal job the past couple weeks. I've been saying this is a team that deserves class consideration. It's a very good football team. You know, everybody wants to overlook how Oklahoma lost to Texas, and nobody wants to overlook – uh, and, I mean, nobody – yeah, everyone wants to overlook that Oklahoma's off Texas, but nobody's willing to overlook North Carolina's off South Carolina. You know, everybody wants to talk about how bad a loss that is. I get yeah, that. Yeah, so you're right. They play two That's a good teams. point. Well, you know what? The team's back out of contract <laughs> on, on North Carolina. That's why they played two FCS teams this year. And people forget yeah. about that. So, yeah, I mean, North Carolina's a very wasn't, good team. They've been dominating people. Wasn't Carolina supposed people. to play Ohio State? Wasn't Carolina supposed to play Ohio State and Ohio State backed out? I honestly can't remember who it is anymore. Yeah. Um, it was Ohio State. And, and it just – I know Minnesota was supposed to play them. You know, and, and and see, there, there we go. I mean, North Carolina didn't – this is like the year FSU played two uh, two Division two teams. But West Virginia backed out of our game in, Jan- in June. We couldn't yeah. schedule anybody. You remember, you, know, so you remember the 2004 Auburn team, Jonathan, that Bowling Green backed out on them and they had to get to Citadel and Oklahoma mm-hmm. played Bowling Green and it cost Auburn a chance to make the national championship game. I mean, it wasn't Auburn's fault. They couldn't find anybody exactly. else. Exactly, but yet these teams still get punished for it. Uh, and, and, you know, North Carolina offensively is very good. Their secondary is, is decent, but they cannot stop the run. Sean Watson's going to have a great game, and I think this is the game where Deshaun Watson puts his stamp on the Heisman Trophy. I'm going with Carolina. Uh, I'm going with Carolina by 14 points. Wow! Oh, and if that happens, and if that 31, happens, said, Quinn, if that happens, you're saying that if Stanford beats USC, Stanford's going to go and not Ohio State. What you're saying, right? Yeah. Or are you saying North Carolina gets in? I'm saying Stanford gets in. Okay. Jonathan, you're saying that North Carolina gets in. Yeah, if I mean, if North Carolina does somehow pull off this upset, I want to make it clear uh, Clemson's winning this game. I'm laying the point. But if North Carolina does pull off this upset, I put North Carolina into my final four. No doubt about it. Okay. One loss yep. conference champion North Carolina over two loss yep. Stanford and one loss Ohio State. If North Carolina wins this game, you're going to see Alabama, Oklahoma, Michigan State, or whoever wins that game, and Ohio State. So we're all different in this one, and that's good. That's what I love about this is every one of us can legitimately make an argument for our case, you know, and that's that's what I love about it. We're not all sitting here saying the same thing. People wouldn't want to listen if, if all we did was agree with each other, right? I mean, hey, you know, we all bring different – Thought. We all know football. We all know it very well, and I'm glad we don't agree on this. The the biggest game of the day to me, the best game, 
I want to see. I'm intrigued. Uh, the best conference in football this year to me is the Big Ten. And we have Michigan State and Iowa going up against each other. And here's a, a Iowa team that's number four in the playoff committee at 12-0. and 0. People say they haven't played anybody. They beat a good Wisconsin team on the road. They beat a good Northwestern team on the road. Jonathan, you and I are the only ones that have given Iowa any credit this year. Remember how Iowa was going to get beat by Nebraska? They was going to get embarrassed by Nebraska Quinn. Remember you saying that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not a big fan of Iowa this year. I think they've been very fluky. Barely yeah. scraping well, Northwestern 40-10 on the road. Yes, but Wisconsin, if they didn't fumble at the one-yard line, would have beat them, and we wouldn't be having well, this conversation. Yeah, but, you, but that's every team out there right now came from a, a game. If you, You've made it this far in the season. You're in the playoff. I guess Clemson got lucky. Uh, they had a game against yeah. Florida State. Alabama got lucky. Everybody's been lucky. Jonathan, who are you Who are you going with in this game? I have to take Michigan State because of – D'Antoni, I like their defense. Connor Cook is playing, right? Connor Cook is. Yes, Connor Cook's playing. Yeah, he's an NFL caliber quarterback. This team is good when they're healthy, and they and the, and the, here's the deal: they've been here before. They've just been here. They've done it. They they a couple years ago they beat Ohio State in this game. Uh, last year, Ohio State won it. Jonathan, I just don't see denying Michigan State this Final Four right now. I think Michigan State takes this game. It'll be a close one. It'll be within four or five points, but Michigan State pulls it out in a low-scoring game. Uh, Michigan State was counting their blessings after they beat Michigan. Let's all be honest there. They were counting their blessings. They lost to Nebraska, and you just pissed off an angry team. I mean, that's all that happened was they just they they poked that there one too many times. And and now yeah. I, you know, I'm going to state this case really quick. The best conference in football is the Big Ten. Reason number one, 12-win Iowa. 11-win Michigan State. 11-win Ohio State. 10-win Northwestern. 9-win Michigan. 9-win Wisconsin. No other conference can match yep. that. No doubt Michigan about that. Michigan is the best team. Michigan is the best. I mean, Big Ten is the – the best conference, and this is me that that mocked the Big Ten. So people can't say I'm biased and I'm a homer and and all this stuff. I mean, you, I'll call it like I see it. The Big Ten mm-hmm. to me is the best conference. Quinn, do you do you agree with that? Uh, that'd be yeah. I I think I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. People may call no. me and send me hate mail all week, but I'm telling you, <laughs> the Big Ten is the best conference. There's three teams. Four, five, and six, Jonathan. That's your conference right now. And any one of those teams could could win a championship probably. I mean, and you know, I, I don't know, but the Big Ten to me is the best. This is the best game of the day. This is the play-in game to the playoffs. Loser go home. Winner comes in. And then Ohio State sitting there watching. I mean, the Big Ten being the best conference, that's why I think two teams could easily get in here. You get the name brand Ohio State. You get Michigan State, you got the possibility of a rematch of a game, but I don't know if they like that or not. But So, Jonathan, you're going with Michigan State. Quinn, who are you going yeah. with? Yeah, I'm going with Michigan State, even though I wish I could hold off on this prediction till Saturday morning to see who Corso picks. 
because whoever Corso picks, <laughs> they're going to lose. So, well, so no, I he picked he, Oklahoma. He picked Oklahoma. No, he picked Oklahoma State. Damn it. He did, didn't he? Yes. He's like 3-9 on the year. Yeah, he's, he's not very good at what he does. I mean, well, I'd love to be on game day. I'd out, we would outpick him, all of us. I, I've looked at my percentage against the spread this year. I'm pretty good. I'm better than most people. And I'm a lot better than Kurt Herbstreet and David Pollock and all those <laughs> morons that sit up there and get paid for this. I mean, I can make an argument, and I've watched football differently. I mean, just because you play football in college doesn't mean you know a lot about it. I mean, it's. It's just not the way it goes. I'm, I'm I like Herb Street. I think Herb Street yeah. is pretty good. He is. He is. But eh. I'm just talking about, like, eh. I like him. Yeah. He's a homer, too. Don't get him wrong. He's a, I, I, he, he upset me agenda. after the Florida State-Oregon game last year when, you know, he said Florida State had no class and all that because we walked off the field. And then the videos came out of Oregon mocking the war chant and 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 the chop, and it was like, yeah, you want to take that back? Like that that why you know he did it. He he just added on to about how classless we are, and, and that bothered me with with Kirk. He he has moments. I mean, don't get me wrong. When he did the Florida State Miami game this year, I thought he did a wonderful job. He showed a lot of love to to Dalvin Cook, but there you know there's just certain instances in the past where I look at Herb Street and go, you know what? There are times where I just want to punch you in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, but so well, God, I'm, I'm going to go with Michigan State by, like, I think by 14 points. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that. It could be. Michigan State's a good football team. Um, I, I don't know, man. This is uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm really waiting for Saturday. I'm really looking forward to – even Baylor and Texas will be a fun game to watch Texas get beat by four touchdowns. We got the the Houston Temple game at at noon. We got the Stanford game at seven forty five. Clemson at eight. See, all three of these I games can't... are on at the same time. I mean, yeah. Why would they do that? Why would they put three big games all in prime time? See, I thought the Pac twelve game was on Friday night. It was supposed to be before. Uh, Remember how was. they used to do it? It was. Yeah, you want it on a. You want these games on a showcase this time of year because it's very important for everybody to be able to watch these games to be able to really be in the moment. You don't want to watch them on tape. You want to watch them live and actually spread them out. Just say if you had Stanford USC Friday night, Jonathan, and then at two o'clock you had Bama, Bama Florida. Five o'clock you've got. North Carolina, Clemson, and at eight o'clock, Michigan State, Iowa. That would be perfect. All you got to do is move that Stanford game, move that Stanford game to Friday night, and you can actually have a three games on Saturday that really mean something. You know, I mean, to me, that's what it was. Or even if you may have to put a Sunday game in there, you know, put Pac-12 Friday night, put two premier games Saturday and one Sunday, and then after that game, Monday morning the committee announces their teams. I mean, it's just you don't put three games on at the same time with this many implications. All three of these games <laughs> have national implications on them. And, and well, the thing is, you can't – there's no pressure because what if Clemson loses 
and before they play, and then Stanford plays after that. That's a lot of pressure on Stanford. No, we got to win. We got a chance, you know. And it's just, I don't know. I just I like lo- it. I love the hypocrisy of the Big Ten, though. We don't play night games in November, but our conference championship game is going to be an eight o'clock kickoff. Love, love that hypocrisy there. Um, I mean, I, I agree. I think they should have spread them out better, and I know it's been a really big gripe. Is that not only do you have, you know you have four conference championship games going at the same time, the Mountain West is also at the same time. When in all reality, you know that game, the Mountain West conference championship should be a ten o'clock slot. That way, you know, for us, you know, night owls like me, we have something to watch uh, and before you know we decide to fall asleep at four a.m. Um, and I agree. I, I think. You know, Alabama, Florida should be a three three o'clock kick, three thirty kick, like a traditional CBS game is. But why not have one of these big games on at noon? Why not have the USC Stanford game on Friday? I mean, Friday night we get to watch the MAC championship. Oh God, I can't. I, I really can't wait to watch Northern Illinois and Bowling Green. So tomorrow night I can try and flip between three channels. I'm gonna have my my laptop. A tablet and a and a, a TV set up in front of me to try and watch three games. It's gonna aggravate me. I'm gonna get very annoyed very quickly. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Friday night, I'll watch a I'll watch Blue Bloods on CBS and, pro, and probably a a rerun of Alaskan Bush People before I watch a MAC championship game. I mean, come on. Nah, nah. You should really watch that game. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but, like those games. I'm sorry. But usually it's the same teams in that MAC championship. I mean, it's been what Northern Illinois Bowling Green for quite a few years now. At least it seems like it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Bowling Green's finally gonna win it, and they're gonna cover the spread for like the tenth time this year. I'm gonna make money on Bowling Green again. So that's all that matters to me. I'm just going to keep betting on Bowling Green, and they're going to keep covering the spread, and I'm going to keep putting money in my pocket. Jonathan. Hey, guys, i gotta, got I got to interrupt y'all. Every college football game. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, uh, well, hey, i got to let y'all know something big here, that Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns are about to make Urban Meyer the biggest offer in NFL history, making the highest paid coach. I read that, and they're offering partial ownership of the Browns. And also wow. some big news coming out. Big news coming out. Five-star recruit Jacob Eason, the quarterback, will flip to Florida. And then he'll flip to Miami. Yep, and then, they, and then there's also a report that LSU and Jimbo were actually in negotiations. That that was happening. Jimbo turned it down, of course. Um, so we'll see what all happens with everything that goes on. We could see Urban Meyer and Nick Saban leaving college football shortly. I hope so. That'd be real nice. But anyway, guys, I think I, I think Urban might be gone. With that, that'd be hard money to turn down. Did he? Will he have yeah, a heart first, attack if they don't get in the playoffs? <laughs> Problem. No, he already and had then later diagnosed as indigestion. Yeah, he had a widow maker. He's saying, and now he's back. Well, guys, I mean, well, guys, we got to roll. I've got to roll, man. I've got to get up at five in the morning. But thanks for joining us, and we'll be back on Sunday night. We're gonna have a lot to talk about, guys. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. What, what, what time does the committee? What time does the committee announce Sunday? 
11 a.m. Central time, which Eastern oh, time. Yeah. So Eastern time, the oh, whole show starts up at, it'd be noon Eastern time. Well, we may need to do a show then, or we may wait until the night to do it. But, but we'll we'll see how it goes. But, guys, thanks for joining me, making this show what it is. Uh, we'll see you Sunday. We'll either be on in the afternoon or the evening. I'll let y'all guys know. Have fun watching football, guys. It's conference championship weekend. Have a good Friday. Talk to you soon. All right, y'all. Yeah. See ya.